Thank you for joining us for the Covenant Gathering here on Eurofolkradio.com. Our host is Pastor Visser from CovenantPeople'sMinistry.org. We hope that you are inspired to grow in faith and wisdom by studying the scriptures each week with us. It is written, Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, and gather the children. So let us gather together for this Bible study hour with our host, Pastor Visser, on the Eurofolk Radio Network. And hello again, dear kinsfolk. Thank you for joining me. I'm Pastor Visser, and I'm glad to be with you for yet another Covenant Gathering broadcast. Available only here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. And my friends, today is Saturday. It is 12 noon. It is January 14th of 2017. That means that it is 5 p.m. in London, England. And I thank all of my friends from around the world for joining me today. Now, if you were with me last Saturday, you know I brought forth a study looking in to the doctrine of Satan. That is, at least how our adversary and the adversary of Yahweh God appears mostly within the New Testament and the New Testament epistles. But today we're going to be specifically taking a look at the origin of Satan. And the reason for that is because many people question, why would Yahweh God create an adversary? And why would that adversary, as taught by Yahshua, in his parable of the tares and the wheat, have literal offspring on earth that make war with the saints. Well, much of that is found within the Bible, and the understanding thereof is found in, ironically, the first two verses of the entire Bible, where we learn, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, period. Now notice, there is no amount of time given right there between Genesis chapter 1 Verses 1 and 2. And the reason for that is because that, if you will, is the creation. But yet something happens between verse 1 and verse 2. And this is known as the catabol. Or the original rebellion of Satan. And as we look at the origin of Satan today, I'll invite you to keep that in the back of your mind. Because there was an age before this one, and ironically, my notes here on Satan, as I am preaching them, concludes on that note with a full teaching on the three earth ages, as it is taught in Jeremiah, Isaiah, and many other places. But in order to fully understand the origin of Satan, we must understand that he was created by Christ, alongside with all the other principalities and powers in heaven and on earth. And in order for me to confirm that, we must turn to the New Testament book of Colossians, where we learn in chapter 1, but beginning in verse 15. Christ is the image of the unseen God, coming into existence before all living things, For by him, who? Yahshua. By him, all things were made, in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen. Authorities, lords, rulers, powers, all things were made by him and for him. Why? Verse 17. 
He is before all things, and in him all things have being. Now we just learned right there that in Christ all things have being. So, in beginning our look at the origin of Satan, we must remember that he originated from Christ and the throne of God. And he is before all things, Yahshua. Verse 18 even continues. He, Christ, is the head of the body, the church, the starting point of all things, the first to come again from the dead, so that in all things he might have the chief place. The King James says the preeminence. So that, if you will, is the layman's explanation as to why Yahweh God would create Satan. (laughs) Number one, for his pleasure. But number two, for his preeminence, that he might have the chiefest place. One more place to consider before moving on, and that is found in the Old Testament book of Job. Now, you heard me reference this three times, actually, in the first part, the doctrine of Satan. However, today we're going to be looking at the 38th chapter in the book of Job, where we learn in verse 4, Yahweh God asking Job, where were you when I put the earth on its base? Say, if you have knowledge, by whom were its measures fixed? Say, if you have wisdom, or by whom was the line stretched over it? On what were its pillars based, or who put down its angle stone? When all the morning stars made songs together, and all the sons of God gave cries of joy. Question. Stopping right there. We can learn right there, from Job chapter 38, that the morning stars are also considered the sons of God. And this is very important in understanding Satan's origin, because he is a son of God. And perhaps more importantly, he was created the quote-unquote full pattern. Perfect in his beauty until pride set forth within him. And we're going to be looking at that momentarily. The King James says, When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And my friends, I have published a book titled The Morning Stars that looks a little bit at the origins of Satan. But so also have I published another book titled Sataniel. Now Sataniel in the Hebrew, as a word, means adversary of God. And my friends, that is what Satan is. An adversary to God and his offspring. Why? So that Christ might have the preeminence. But back to my book, Sataniel. You can order that. I'll give the address here momentarily at the intermission and also at the conclusion of this hour-long broadcast. So we have already established from the New and the Old Testaments that Satan was created by Christ because Christ created all things. And he is definitely referred to as a created being in Ezekiel chapter 28. And that's where we're going to begin examining the origins of Satan. Ezekiel chapter 28. It is here where we learn about the origins. And my friends, we must keep this in perspective. Many people put the book of Job before even Genesis, but we're looking at a prophecy given by Ezekiel. In chapter 28, we learn, beginning in verse 11, The word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, make a song of grief for the king of Tyre, and say to him, This is what Yahweh has said. 
You are all wise and completely beautiful. Stopping right there. King James says, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty in regards to this quote-unquote king of Tyre. Now, Tyre as a word means rock, but more specifically, a false rock. And that is because everything that Yahshua does, Satan has a counterfeit of. But in the beginning, in his origins, when Yahweh God created all the sons of God, the morning stars, quote-unquote, that we already covered, Satan was all wise and completely beautiful. And many people will be saying, well, this doesn't refer to Satan. This king of Tyre is different. Well, really, let's continue reading here. But verse 13, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Stopping right there. This same king of the rock or false rock, this king of Tyre, an archetype of our devil, our adversary, our nemesis, Satan or Sataniel, was in the garden of God, also known as Eden. But yet we read in our own Bibles, in Genesis chapter 3, that the serpent was in the garden of Eden, right? And that he was more subtle than any beast of the field that Yahweh God had created. So two points. Satan, also known as the serpent, according to Revelation and numerous other places, was in Eden, the garden of God. But continuing on, here in Ezekiel, verse 13, Every stone of great price was your clothing, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the emerald, the carbuncle. Your storehouses were full of gold and great things of great price were in you. In the day you were made, they were got ready. King James says, in the days that you were created, the workmanship of thy tabarets and thy pipes was prepared in thee. In the day that thou wast created. That proves that this is a star of God, a morning star. Because we learn that the morning stars sing together and give praise to Yahweh God, according to Job chapter 38, do we not? So also does Satan have within his workmanship tabarets and pipes. Musical instruments. That's very important when you do a further study at the origins of Tubal Cain, the world's first artificer. But anyway, the point about this is Satan was in Eden. He was created all wise, completely beautiful, the full pattern, the full sum, and the point that we should take from what we're learning here in Ezekiel, full of wisdom. Very wise, Satan is considered a deceiver, an enchanter, and a beguiler, because those are traits of his characteristics. And so that's what makes this study into the reality of the devil. First, the doctrine, according to the Bible, and now the origins, according to the same Bible. But today, we're actually going to look at some Gnostic text uh, regarding the origins of Satan. We're going to look at the book of Adam and Eve. But, I want you to understand also, if we continue what we're reading here in Ezekiel, chapter 28, verse 14, Yahweh God says, I gave you your place with the winged one. I put you on mountains of God. You went up and down among the stones of fire. Up and down, just as we confirmed in the first part. 
Satan told Yahweh God. When Yahweh asked him, where hast thou been? He says, I've been up and down and going to and fro upon the face of the earth. So, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, verse 14 says in the King James, and that's extremely important. Because many people wrestle with this. Number one, Satan is an anointed cherub, but also one that covers. The very mercy seat of Yahweh God and the pattern that was given in the law and given to Solomon that was to be put within the mightiest of all temples had two angels with wings outstretched over them. Anointed cherubs that covereth. And tradition holds that the other one, my friends, is Michael, the warring angel. The same angel that threw Satan down, also known as the dragon and the serpent. But thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. That's what Yahweh God says. You walked up and down upon the holy mountain of Yahweh God. Verse 15. Thou, Satan, was perfect in thy ways from the day that you were created. Stopping right there. Yahweh God did not create something that was wicked. Yahweh God created something that was perfect. And that is confirmed during the six days of replenishment. When Yahweh God saw all that he had created and it was good, right? So, we must understand this. Satan was created perfect in the day he was created until iniquity was found in thee. Until sin was found in him. Then the narrative shifts here and we learn in verse 16. Through all your trading you have become of violent ways. You have done evil. So I have sent you out shame from the mountain of God. And the winged one put an end to you from amongst the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because you were beautiful, my friends. We must understand that. Pride entered into the heart of Satan, who was created perfect in the beginning by Yahweh God because of beauty. And so, so also can his sons and daughters suffer from this misery and this misfortunate characteristic of vanity. Your heart was lifted up in regards of Satan because he was beautiful. You made your wisdom evil through your own sin. I have sent you down even to the earth. I have made you low before kings so that they may see you. Now, my friends, if you continue to read, you will see that there are several characteristics of the serpent given right here. Of course, the most most important is that he was in the garden of God, also known as Eden. According to Ezekiel chapter 28, thus there to defile Eve, bringing Cain into existence. So, what we need to understand is that he was not always the devil or an adversary of Yahweh God. He was created perfect and sinless, but yet Satan became the enemy of God and the Israelite race through his own sin. His own sin. Misery loves company, my friends. Yahshua taught the Pharisees that they weren't entering into the kingdom. Therefore, they did all they could to keep others from entering in as well. Thus, that is another characteristic and trait or device of the devil. He, through his own sin, through exalting himself above God, and we're going to prove that here in a moment. Satan was the first ruler of the earth. That's what he was created for. He was the anointed cherub that covered. 
the very law. Thus he knows the law better than you and I and is able to pervert it to his advantage. And my friends, his offspring, the Jews, know that they can capitalize and profit on our sin. Our sin. So to really hurt the devil, the tares, and his children, cease from sin. Satan was the first ruler of the earth, but through pride, he was lifted up. This again is known as the Katabol, the Tohu Vabohu, the world that then was, the first earth age that Peter references, and Jude, and many other New Testament prophets. So we're going to look at the book of the major prophet Isaiah, chapter 14. We covered this very briefly in the first part, but I feel it bears repeating again. Beginning in verse 12 of Isaiah chapter 14. How great is your fall from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Stopping right there. We went earlier to Job chapter 38, where we learned that the morning stars are the sons of God, and they all sang for joy. That is what they were created for. That was what Satan had indwelled within him. The workmanship, right? But yet, here in Isaiah 14, verse 12, How great is your fall from heaven, O Lucifer. What does Lucifer mean? Star, day star and or early star. It is a proper name. But also, son of the morning, the morning stars. Continuing on. How art, you, how art thou cut down to the earth? Lo, among the dead bodies. Completely different. The King James says, which did weaken the nations. Pay close attention, verse 13. For thou, Satan, hast said in thine heart. Stopping right there. Satan has a heart. A heart to do evil, but a heart nonetheless. And Yahshua taught that even the wicked, perverse man and generation or race will love their own. So Satan does love his own. And John 8.44 confirms that when Satan speaks a lie, he speaks for his own. And his own understand that. But this right here gives you a glimpse as to the origin of Satan. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. The morning stars, my friend. The other sons of God. In short, the saints, the Zadok, the first fruit company. And Yahshua was part of that. What else does Satan say? According to verse 13, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. Stopping right there. The very mountain in which he was cast out, and we confirm today in Ezekiel chapter 28. Because of pride, vanity, and ego, Satan was lifted up. But yet here we learn about Lucifer, how Lucifer fell from heaven. And of course, I need not remind you that Yahshua said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Christ also hath declared that no man hath seen heaven at any time. The Son of the Only Begotten, which is in the bosom of the Father, hath declared. So, my friends, we must understand that. Lucifer, irregardless of what men want you to believe, is the devil. Because no man hath fallen from heaven. Only this angel, this anointed cherub that covereth, who was lifted up because of his beauty, who was created the full pattern. Now, many people will tell you, Lucifer, here, well, this is in regards of the king of Babylon. But understanding that Yahweh God is not the author of confusion, it makes perfect sense as to who Satan is, being the king of Babylon and confusion. And my friends, 
Oftentimes, when Babylonian confusion enters into your life, you're usually listening to a false prophet. The way of a genuine prophet is to make the complex simple. The way of a false prophet, or the devil's children, is to make the the simple seem complex. They'll come in and say, well, this is the king of Tyre. This is Lucifer. Yes, and every one of these are archetypes of the devil, Satan. And every one of them gives you a glimpse. For example, here, falling from heaven is something a man cannot do. In Ezekiel, being in Eden is something that a mere man could not do. So, enough here in Isaiah chapter 14. Again, I feel this bears repeating when dealing with the origins of Lucifer, Satan, the dragon, the serpent. Luke chapter 10, Yahshua says in verse 18, I was watching for Satan falling from heaven like a star. Satan falling from heaven because he was a morning star. Thus, this is very, very, very important. Because we learn countless times in the New Testament that Satan will transform himself into an angel of light. Light, right? Light is a polite way of saying lightning. Yahshua says, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Some manuscripts render this, I was watching for Satan falling from heaven like a star. But either way, whether you look at a star or lightning in this context, and again, Lucifer means bright and morning, early star. We're dealing with a form of light, are we not indeed? And therefore, it's extremely important to understand several things in relation to this. So I'm going to digress right here for a moment into the book of Adam and Eve. You will not have this within your authorized Bible. This is considered uncanonized. But before I read it to you, we need to consider a quote by the Apostle Paul. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14. He says, It is no wonder, for even Satan himself is able to take the form of an angel of light. The King James says Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Thus, when he was cast down from heaven by Michael, the archangel, he was cast down in brightness. Whether it's lightning or a falling star, these are attributed to the origins of Satan, at least on earth. But again, he was created of Yahweh God. He was there in the first earth age. He was lifted up. He exalted his throne. He took a third of the stars of heaven with him. But yet he was defeated. He was cast down. And Yahweh God did not bring a full end, but rather ushered in this second earth age. And we are looking forward to the third and final earth age. So, do not marvel about this fact. Very important. Satan can transform into an angel of light. Which means his ministers also can. And that's confirmed in verse 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, who... Satan's ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Point number one, Satan has ministers. Point number two, those ministers, false prophets, and I could just say, to paraphrase, Judeo-Christian pastors, transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. They will outwardly, just like the Pharisees of old, do what they do to be seen of men doing it. 
And therefore, what we do must be genuine. This is part of the reason why pomp cannot be allowed. And so, in the book of Adam and Eve, in chapter 27, we learn of the second tempting of Adam and Eve. And it is here where the devil takes on the form of a beguiling light. Oftentimes, we as people can be hypnotized by light, and the Jew knows that, because almost every night around the world, there is a flickering light in the living room known as the Talmud vision or the TV, with people being brainwashed by the devil's ministers. They transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. So, in Adam and Eve, also known as the book of Adam, Chapter 27, verse 1. When Satan, the hater of all good, saw how they, Adam and Eve, continued in prayer, and how God communed with them, and comforted them, and how he had accepted their offering, Satan made an apparition. He began with transforming his hosts. In his hands was a flashing fire, and they were a great light. He then placed his throne near the mouth of the cave. This is the cave of treasures. After Adam and Eve were expelled east of Eden, they dwelt within this cave. And the devil came continually. But what's important is this is the second beguiling. The first was a seduction of Eve. An expatio in the Greek, according to Paul, meaning Eve was wholly seduced. So, that is one trait of the serpent, is it not? Seduction, deception, beguile, or beguilement. The second tempting of Adam and Eve is a beguiling light. Therefore, we learn in verse 3 of chapter 27 in Adam and Eve, the devil placed his throne near the mouth of the cave because he could not enter into it by reason of their prayers. Now, Adam and Eve made prayer and supplication to Yahweh God, and so also are we taught in the New Testament that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. That is a power given us over the serpent, over the scorpions, and my friends, a power that the devil's children and his false ministers of righteousness want you as the saints to neglect. Therefore, they instill within you an artificial light through their television, and they normalize things that are an abomination in the eyes of God. And it, what? Satan's throne shed light into the cave of treasures, until the entire cave glistened over Adam and Eve, while his hosts began to sing praises. And Satan did this in order that when Adam saw the light, he should think within himself that it was a heavenly light. Stopping right there. Does that shed more light, <laughs> to cop a bad phrase, on Second Corinthians chapter 11? Therefore it is no great thing if Satan's ministers be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. No marvel, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Transformed, meaning he's not really, he's not like the sons of God, he doesn't reflect the light anymore of Yahweh God. But the devil put this light there so that Adam and Eve would think it's a heavenly light. And not only that, continuing on in verse 4, that Satan's hosts were heavenly angels. And that God had sent them to watch at the cave and to give him light in the darkness. Light in the darkness. Now darkness is of the devil, my friends. 
And we learn in the New Testament that oftentimes our people prefer darkness over the light of Yahshua. But what we're learning here and also in 2 Corinthians from the mouth of the Apostle Paul is that the devil uses light and deception. Light. Now I need you to understand that. In the final chapter of Malachi, Yahshua Messiah as the Son of God, the only begotten, is referred to as the coming Son, capitalized, of righteousness. Meaning, He is the nucleus or the epicenter. We, as the Israelites, revolve around Him. Thus, Satan said within his heart, I will be like the Most High. He wanted the worship that was due God. And we proved that in part one. So, what happens here? In the 27th chapter of the book of Adam and Eve. Continuing on in verse 5. So that when Adam came out of the cave and saw them. And Adam and Eve bowed to Satan. He would overcome Adam thereby. And a second time humble him before God. When therefore Adam and Eve saw the light. Fancying it was real. They strengthened their hearts. Yet as they came trembling. Adam said to Eve. Now. We're going to look at what Adam says to Eve here in a moment. But notice that we often can fall for the devices of these same ministers of righteousness who are really the devil's ministers, quote-unquote. These same people who transform themselves into angels of light, to paraphrase. Adam and Eve did. When Adam and Eve saw it, they fancied it was real. That denotes, by logical deduction, that it was artificial, not real. But that oftentimes we, as the Adamites at least, can be deceived into thinking the devil's light is real. So perhaps just sheds a little light on the first tempting of Adam and Eve and the beguilement and the seduction that took place there. Adam said unto Eve, verse 7, look at that great light and look at those many songs of praise and at that host standing outside that do not come into us. Do not tell us of what they say or whence they come or what is the meaning of this light, what these praises are. Wherefore, they have been sent hither, and why do they not come in? If they were sent from God, they would come to us in the cave and would tell us of our errand. Then Adam stood up and prayed to God with a fervent heart. So understand this point. Resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. So also did Adam and Eve have powers bestowed them over the serpent. And so bear that in the back of your mind and listen to this brief intermission and we'll be back momentarily. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, Be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.org, where you will find direct access to our extensive selection of audio sermons. You can also listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast on your mobile audio devices. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, please make your checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry or use the donate button on our website to use PayPal. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, so we hope that you will allow him to lead your life. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. 
It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. And hopefully that information, as it is given, is helpful to you, because many people do contact me, and they want to know how to correspond with this ministry. So, that is why we put that at the beginning, the middle, and at the conclusion of every broadcast. So, if you missed any part of that, get a pen and paper now, and it will play again in about 28 minutes. But the next place I want you to turn in regards to the origins of Satan, and him being the first ruler of the first earth age, is found in Second Peter. Now, I truly love Second Peter because Peter teaches on false prophets. For example, he says in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1, There were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying Yahweh that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Do you reckon these same false prophets that were amongst Peter, and these same false prophets that will, not shall, or, or possibly, but or nor might, but will be amongst us, the Israelite people. Do you think they might transform themselves into angels of light? I believe they do. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 2 continues, And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Two very important points right here. Number one, the majority follow the false prophet, the ministers of the devil, who transform themselves. Many follow their pernicious ways. This is what Christ taught. Narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. Many are called, few are chosen. Second point is this. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. That is why the devil has ministers. That is why false prophets are allowed to exist by Yahweh God. That is, for a season or two. So that the way of truth will be evil spoken of. In short, when we here on Eurofolk Radio come in and say, the devil has progeny on earth. Yahshua clearly taught it in his parable of the tares and the wheat. John taught it. So also did Peter teach it. They'll speak evil of the truth. Why? Because the devil takes the truth of God, perverts it, and puts it back out in his own syntax and or vernacular. In short... Anybody who watches TV should be familiar with that, if they're not spiritually sick already. They usually, the devil's children, will take one of the Ten Commandments, pervert it, sugarcoat it, call it a comedy, and vomit it back up on the people. But to the righteous, to the saints, well, we don't find the devil's devices very enticing. Neither did Yahshua, when the devil, a literal deity, tempted him and offered him all the world, the kingdoms on the face of the earth. So in Second Peter chapter 3, it is here where we learn, beginning in verse 4. The false prophet will say, where is the hope of his coming? From the death of the fathers till now, everything has gone on as it was from the making of the world. But in taking this view, they put out of their minds the memory that in the old days there was a heaven and an earth lifted out of the water and circled by the water. By the word of God. And that the world which then was came to an end through the overflowing of waters. Now stopping right there. The world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Peter is talking about the first earth age here. And the way we can confirm this 
is that we learn right here. They are willingly ignorant of many people, which means they have free will to be willingly ignorant of certain facts. But the fact of the matter is that the word of God spoke, and the word of God made the heavens of old and the earth stand out of the water and in the water. Out of the water and in the water. Thus we learn in Genesis chapter 1, but verse 2, after the catable, and the earth was without form and void. The earth, the earth became tohu vabohu, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Deep what? Waters. Verse 2, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So, not much will I teach today on the catabole or the first earth age. But this also proves a statement in Second Peter chapter 3 that there was a world that was, and it came to an end through the overflowing of the waters. Peter even confirms that in verse 7. He says, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. The perdition of ungodly men. Satan is known as what? The son of perdition. Abaddon. Apollyon. His names mean what? Perish in Hebrew and Greek. Every prophecy against the devil says he will perish. But many people will be ignorant. Because Peter says right here in verse 8. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with Yahweh as a thousand years. And a thousand years as to one day. Thus... When we learn of the six days of replenishment that happens beginning in Genesis chapter 1, but verse 2, not 1, then we understand that these are eras, these are ages. And what Paul is talking about here in verse 7, he says, but the eon, the age, which is now, the second earth age that we are in by the same word is kept in store, and it's reserved unto fire against the day of judgment being the third and final earth age, where Yahshua comes and ultimately throws the devil into the lake of fire alongside the beast and what else? The false prophet. The ministers and his angels. That is what hell is reserved for, but enough on that for now. One more place to consider when looking at the origins of Satan. And this is found in the Old Testament book of the major prophet Jeremiah. So please turn there. We're going to look again at how Satan was originally created. We learn in Jeremiah chapter 4, but beginning in verse 23. Looking at the earth, I saw it was waste and without form. The King James says, Jeremiah says, I beheld the earth and it was tohu babohu. It became without form and void. And the heavens, and they had no light. So this is obviously the point before Yahweh God's face moved upon the face of the waters and said, let there be light in spirit form. Jeremiah says he beheld the earth and the earth was created. So it must be Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and before Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. I beheld the earth and lo, it was without form and void or it became without form and void and the heavens had no light. I beheld the mountains, and they trembled, and the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and there was no man. All the birds of the heaven were fled. Interesting. They fled, meaning they had already been created. 
I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness. Once again. But all this was created, was it not? During the beginning, in the garden, when Yahweh God created the plants and put Adam there. (laughs) But this is the first earth age. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness. And all the cities thereof were broken down. All the cities. Interesting. So Jeremiah beheld a point in time. Here, according to chapter 4, between verses 23 and 26. Where cities had been leveled, my friends. And you must understand this. Everything comes full circle. That which was will always be. Why? Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And if the New Testament book of Hebrews doesn't confirm that in the uh, 13th chapter, then the book of Malachi should. Where we learn Yahweh God does not change. The devil will change. And he will change his doctrines. And so, Satan is known as Lucifer. He had a kingdom on the earth long before the six days of creation that begin in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And go until chapter 2, verse 25. This is the replenishment era. And my friends, we must understand that. Yahweh God, during this point in the book of Genesis, doesn't say go forth and multiply and plenish the earth. He says replenish the earth. Meaning that the earth once was plenished or plentiful, just like we learned here. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful, plentiful place was now a wilderness, Jeremiah says in chapter 4, verse 26. So, these passages that we've covered today reveal that Satan, through pride, fell, and also led an invasion of heaven and was defeated. At that time, the earth was most assuredly cursed, and all life was destroyed by the first flood. And of course, this is seen in the Hebrew etymology, again, of the Tohu Babohu, as it's found. That which was transliterated without form and void in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. In short, the earth became without form and void at Satan's first rebellion. And this is proved and will be abundantly proven should the Lord Terry and the Eurofolk Radio Network graciously continue allowing me to look at the work of Satan and the fall of Satan. Very important to understand his fall because that is what we are looking forward to. Now, how long Lucifer ruled this earth during the first earth age is not known. But it was for a long period. And that's what the King James uses here and also as we looked at today in Second Peter. That many people are willfully ignorant of this fact. That one day with Yahweh is as a thousand years. A thousand years is what? A millennial reign or an era, an eon. And that we must understand. He, Satan, caused over one third of God's own angels to rebel. As well as all of his own earthly subjects. And that's something we need to understand and I believe I proved adequately in the first part, the doctrine of Satan. Those under the dictatorship of Satan. In short, the fool who says in his heart there is no God, hath in Hasatan, or in Sataniel, an adversary of God, standing at their right hand. Now I can prove that, if you will turn with me today, back to the Old Testament book of Numbers. It's here in Numbers chapter 22, where we learn about Balaam and his miraculous ass. 
And I believe I've preached on that, on this very venue, uh, numerous times before. But in Numbers, chapter 22, verse 22, we learn, Yahweh's anger was kindled because Balaam went. And the Hasatan, or Malek, of Yahweh stood in a way for an adversary against him. Adversary, in the Hebrew, is number 7854. It is Hasatan, and it means an opponent. Also notice that it is a proper name, and it denotes the arch enemy of good. We proved that today, did we not? That Satan is the enemy of all good. And the prime root of Hasatan here is taken from Satan, which means to attack. It's a primitive root. It means adversary or to resist, but not a proper name. Therefore, when people come in and tell you, well, the devil, Satan, just means adversary. Well, it can mean an adversary in Hasatan, but so also is there a literal Satan. Now, this same Satan, ironically, appears in the first book of Samuel, chapter 29. And I believe we covered this as well in chapter 4. And the princes of the Philistines were wroth with him. And the princes of the Philistines said to him, Make this fellow return that he may go again to his place which thou hast appointed him. And let him not go down with us to battle. Lest in the battle he be in Hasatan, an adversary to us. For wherewith should he reconcile? Himself. So that's a second point. King David going to battle with the Philistines. So, for all intents and purposes, to the mixed bastard Philistines, David would have been considered a what? An adversary. A Satan. Very important to remember because to the Jew, our God, Yahweh, truly is a devil and we are demons from their perspective. But moving on, it was the devil that caused over one-third of heaven to fall. And time allowing will prove that. Consider also a psalm. The 109th psalm written by wise King David. He says in verse 6. Set thou a wicked man over him and let Satan and Hasatan, an adversary or an opponent, stand at his right hand. And that is what I was trying to say before. This Sataniel or adversary of God, is also an adversary through those that he possesses. Satan regained dominion over the earth in Adam's day. He was obviously there because he was cast down. He was also there walking to and fro in the beginning of the book of Job. And he took man's dominion by causing the fall of man, my friend. This is why Adam and Eve would be cast out of Eden. And by being the stronger of two sets of rebels after Adam did sin. Adam submitted to Lucifer. We must understand that. Eve submitted to Lucifer. And through that, the devil got the upper hand of all human rebels. Because who came as a direct result of that? That would be Cain, the world's first murderer. Therefore, the devil proves that he has powers bestowed unto him. The powers of sin and death, but not a power greater than Yahweh God. Thus, in the very beginning, there were two proverbial trees presented, Adam and Eve. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. (laughs) And then, like now, our people would prefer darkness over light, or lies over eternal life. 
When Adam fell, there were technically only two human rebels. That's the point. Adam and Eve. But opposing them were innumerable fallen angels and demons. And we tend to lose that in the narrative. We pick it up in Genesis 6 that the sons of God, those same morning stars, saw the daughters of Adam that they were fair. And they interbred, right? Bringing forth the Nephilim. And that that was a a horrible act that caused Yahweh God to send the deluge upon that particular flood of the world of the ungodly, but not make a full end, and he did not. But when we look at the narrative of the seduction of Eve, we tend to think, well, hmm, it's just one against two, right? But it wasn't. How many rebel angels fell, and how many were there? Well, that's something we could consider. The devil would have been able to overcome them, And they would have never regained dominion over the earth. But when man sinned, he became powerless. And the devil knew that. That's why there were two trees. And that's why this study on the origins of the devil is so important. Another thing to consider. And we proved this in part one. Revelation 12, 9 and also Revelation chapter 20. There's two places in the book of Revelation that give us the names of of Satan, right? Revelation 2 9 or 12 9. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast into the earth, not onto the earth, into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, throughout time, many people have been enchanted by this topic of the serpent. Needless to say, in Asia today, it is known as Dragon Land. Their gods are red dragons. Their gods are worms and serpents. That's what they worship. But perhaps that's a study for another day. Many people wonder why this terminology serpent. Well, I just proved to you that he's also called what? A dragon? And he's called the devil. Each one of these names has significance. Serpent, in the Greek at least, is Ophis. And it means a snake, figuratively. Devil, in the Greek, is, you guessed it, diablos. It means a traducer, a slanderer, or a false accuser. And Satan, in the Greek, satanas. It's of Chaldee origin, and it means the accuser. That is, the devil personified its a proper name. So now that that is confirmed, back in the forgotten books of Eden, back in the book of Adam and Eve, however, this time, we're going to look At chapter 18, it is here where we learn about the mortal combat between the children of Yahweh God, you and I, my friends, and the serpent. Verse 1. When the accursed serpent saw Adam and Eve, it swelled in its head, stood on its tail, and with eyes blood red, did as if it would kill them. And it made straight for Eve and ran after her, while Adam standing by wept because he had no stick in his hand, wherewith to smite the serpent. And knew not how to put it to death. But with a heart burning for Eve, Adam approached the serpent and held it by the tail. When it turned towards him, it said unto him, Who? Satan. The serpent. Right? We already confirmed that from Revelation. Serpent in Scripture is a snake figuratively as a type of sly cunning or an artful malicious person, but yet is defined as especially Satan. Satan says, O Adam, because of thee and Eve, I am slippery, and go upon my belly. 
Then reason of its great strength, it threw down Adam and Eve and pressed upon them as it would kill them. But God sent an angel who threw the serpent away from them and raised them up. Then the word of God, stopping right there, the word of God, the same word of God that many of our people are willfully ignorant of. The same word of God that cast Satan down during the rebellion and the catabole. The same word of God that said, let there be light, causing the earth to come forth from the water, right? Verse 6, here in the book of Adam and Eve, chapter 18. The word of God came unto the serpent and said unto it, In this first instance I made thee glib, I made thee go upon thy belly, but I did not deprive thee of speech. Now, however, be thou dumb, and speak no more, and, and thou thy race. Because in the first place has the ruin of my creatures happened through thee, and now thou wishest to kill them. First the ruin came through the devil because of the devil's meddling in the garden. Then comes murder, and of course that was seen through Cain. But notice right here, Yahweh God says to Satan, Now, however, be thou dumb and speak no more, thou and thy race. In the book of Adam and Eve, chapter 18, verse 7. So these are racial prophecies. And there are tares sown in amongst the wheat. Remember when Yahshua gave his parable of the tares of the field. His disciples came and they asked him, Declare unto us the meaning. And he said, An enemy, an hasatan, an adversary hath done this. But what else? Back here in chapter 18 of Adam and Eve, verse 8. Then the serpent was struck dumb and spake no more. And a wind came to blow from heaven by command of God that carried away the serpent from Adam and Eve and threw it in the seashore. And it landed in India. India is east of Eden. And that, my friends, is a study for another day. If you look up the word Cain or Kalyan, you will see that it is the opposite of Nakaj in the Hebrew. Nakaj means the serpent, but more specifically, a whispering magic enchanter. That is the origin of the devil, at least according to our canonized Bible and why he is there in the third chapter of Genesis to deceive. Adam and Eve, and why he is there in these Gnostic books, like Adam and Eve, to continue to make war against the saints. Not only that, but also why his offspring, the Edomite tear, are mentioned at the beginning of the book of Malachi, and they are the people of which Yahweh God hath indignation against forever. So man, through Adam, lost the power that we had with Yahweh. And several partnerships even with the Creator. Remember, Abel walked, walked with Yahweh God, right? Enoch walked with Yahweh God and was not, for Yahweh God took him. We were able, at least Adam and Eve were, to walk with Yahweh God. This is why Yahweh God walked in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day and said, What hast thou done? We were able to walk with God. Now, we are able to walk with God through a mediator. And that mediator is Christ. Because all keys, all powers were given him. Not only that, we should also remember, it is not only when man lays down his arms of rebellion against God and regains the favor with his creator. It's through the new birth now that we have this power. There is such a thing as an original sin. David said within the Psalms that his mother conceived him in iniquity and he was born into sin. Look it up. Thus, we need this mediator, Yahshua. Yahshua came in the flesh as the full pattern as well to show us how to overcome the devil's temptations. Adam failed. Eve failed. 
And thus, we had to have a propitiation in the visage of Yahshua, Emmanuel, God with us. This is why the new birth and the full surrender to Yahweh God for the endowment of the power of Holy Spirit is necessary before we can conquer anything. And we must understand that. To resist the devil, that's the first step. That will cause you to flee. But in the, or cause him to flee. But in the example of Adam and Eve, he comes back. Just like a demon. When a demon or an unclean spirit goeth out of a man, Yahshua says it will wander where? Upon the face of the earth, just like the devil does. And then it will say, I'll go back to that original abode and find it clean and swept. So, never neglect the new birth, the birth within the Holy Spirit. That is how we have access and power over serpents and scorpions. Satan's relationship to man is through the various ages, that of a deceiver. He still is a deceiver, my friends. Don't neglect that aspect. If any man tells you the truth, and my friends, there are many venues. Eurofolk Radio is one. A great think tank where many people come together and dare speak the truth. If any man teaches you, then know that he is likely of the Holy Spirit and worthy of your support. Many people out there support the wrong things. Most people spend more money on Hollywood Jewish blockbusters than they do even the Word of God or supporting venues that tell the truth. Orwell said, in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. And it truly is. But also remember, Jesus Christ said, when the devil speaks a lie, he speaketh for and of his own, because there is no truth within him. There is no truth to be found within the devil. This is why he will transform himself into an angel of light. He is not a genuine, bona fide angel of light. This is why he will reflect or even be fall from heaven or be cast down as lightning or as a falling star attributed to light. But he's not the son of righteousness. Only Jesus Christ is he, my friends. And therefore we must abide within Yahshua to have power over the devil, over his children, and over his angels, which are also considered, according to our New Testament, false prophets who transform themselves as ministers of light. And so, I truly pray that this study, looking into the origins of Satan, has edified you. And you will join me again one week from today, 12 noon, next Saturday, for a look into the works of Satan. Until then, war for Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this Bible study lesson with Pastor Visser of the Covenant People's Ministry. These teachings are recorded for you live by the Eurofolk Radio Broadcasting Network and can also be found in the archives of our church's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.org. If you have any questions or comments regarding these messages, please write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205 USA. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Covenant Gathering. May God bless you and keep you and be with you always. And thank you for joining me, my friends. Yahweh bless.